Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com in a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads and today's guest is a second timer. I love having a uh, repeat guests because it's always interesting to see the journey that they've been on since the first time they were on the uh, on the show. So Bob Cullen is the president, CEO, and founder of Business Improv, an innovative consultancy that specializes in experiential learning and serves as an international roster of blue chip firms. Bob is an adjunct professor at Duke, yeah, Duke, Duke's uh, Fulcro School of <laughs> Business and Columbia Business School, a performer with more than 20 years of stage credits. He's trained a long list of legendary talents, you know them, the Tina Fey's and the Amy Polners. Um, an actor and a former core faculty member of the Chicago's famed Second City and a member of the former resident company at the I.O. Theater. Colin is a co-founder of the critically acclaimed Baby Wants Candy Improv Troupe. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me back. Wow. That's, that's quite an introduction. It, it is. It is. And it speaks to the, to the testament uh, of what you've done with your career. And I know the last time that we, we had you on the show was pretty exciting because you, you made me get out of my comfort zone, which I normally do for others. And we were doing this yes and exchange. And I think I was talking about an imaginary girlfriend. Uh, of my, of mine, but it ended up going down a, a rabbit hole of, of sorts. But now, now you're back. <laughs> you're back. You're back, though. And and you've taken that up yeah. and turned it into a book. Talk to us about this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote a book called Getting to Yes And, which, of course, is a play on a, another fairly popular book. And this book really explores the art and science around business improvisation. So what how do you improvise in a specific setting related toward your job function and where you want to succeed? And yes, and is the cornerstone of all improvisation around the world. And it's really a multi-tool, two-word phrase. And it's a very powerful and impactful tool that when employed often so that you have the practice and the comfort with it can really up your game. 
Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, it's interesting. At first glance, one would not mix, you know, um, improv and, and with straight laced corporate, you know, type environments, right? You know, it's more serious. Get the business, but the way that you wrote the book, and I, I've almost finished it. I haven't finished it, but you're talking about how this can actually be implemented. Uh, I'm curious as to how you get businesses to to get involved in these type of, uh, you know, concepts. Well, absolutely. So. It, it, there's a couple of things that have happened over the last couple of years since we've spoken, and one of them is really the need to create a stronger skill set around how to improvise thoughtfully and effectively. The, the, a lot of businesses see the need for adaptability, for example, mm. and being agents of change so that you're not stuck in a bias like a status quo bias or inertia. So how do you get out of out of those places? And the that's the real underlying issue there, the how. And it, sure enough, the techniques that we would otherwise put on stage to make comedy are a perfect set of tools and techniques that will, when employed in business, buttress and support an overall strategy. So it helps you actually achieve your mission, your strategy, your goals at a higher level because you have this comfort of adaptability that goes with it. Yeah, no, I, I I can totally see that, and I, I do a lot of consulting myself, especially with with businesses. And on my end, it's more on the um, diversity, inclusion, and global policy type of deals where you're mm-hmm. incorporating people from different backgrounds and, and helping them figure out how to work together, uh, so that you can you know either retain diverse talent or just manage um, you know change management. And a lot of what I see when I talk to these companies is that idea of of getting them to be innovative and and getting them to to be improvisational because you're going into mm-hmm. a new culture how do you adapt when something doesn't go your way so th- I, it's definitely a business need and it, given the last few years we've had it seems the idea of adapting is is a skill that needs to be taught out there more and more for sure absolutely we we really don't have a choice if you're not going to adapt then there's a chance that you're going to really struggle if not even fail I and mean, we've seen examples of very successful organizations that are just about ghost now, you know, Blockbuster, for example, saying that no one's going to want to buy movies from a red box. Who's going to want to do that? And then no one's going to want to get movies online. They want to hold the boxes in their hand and they're not able to keep up because they're so married to what they did in the past and Kodak and Radio Shack and you know, all the, there's so many examples of companies that need did needed to embrace change yeah. and weren't able to catch up. So I think corporate America has learned a lesson in some cases, a very hard lesson and is moving in that direction. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Well, well talk to me about, um, you know, how this book started. Cause I see you have a co you have a co-author, right? Or, or you collaborate do, yes. with someone. Yeah. How did that go? Absolutely. That, that was great. Uh, he did had absolutely no experience in improvisation whatsoever, had written or co-written many other books. So he was comfortable collaborating with me and getting the ideas out of my head and helping me frame my thoughts in this specific way. Because I'm very versed at writing songs or sketch comedy, for example. Those are very specific styles of writing. And it was a challenge for me to write a larger book that had uh, a stronger narrative to it as a first timer. And I really wanted to put my best foot forward. So having the opportunity to collaborate with Chuck Kersafuli was absolutely a, a blessing. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I can imagine, I, especially with a creative uh, as yourself. But, you know, so you've got you got Chuck to write the book and then you started creating all this concepts. What 
one thing that I really, really resonated with was what you said on team building. And then this is so interesting that this came out. You know, there was that Simon Sinek thing that you said that was going around. Um, there's a video that's been going mm-hmm. around yes. about him and millennials. I had, I'm actually a fan of the show it was on, and that came out months ago. But for some reason, when this new year came, people took that snippet and started sharing it all around. And I'm a millennial, and I had several opinions on that. But it seems to me, talking to you before we start recording, that you feel like a lot of what he said ties into a lot of what this book is about. Can you talk about that? Absolutely. And you know what? If it's okay with you, I want to approach it a little bit from your angle, uh, sure. specifically diversity. Mm-hmm. So what improvisation inherently does is create a culture of acceptance, mm-hmm. an environment in, in which at least for periods of time, people are fearless, open to communicate with each other, sharing the ideas. And that celebration of diversity is background, education, training, experiences, the, the unique lens through which we see things as individuals and the ability to uh, communicate that in an open form, it creates engagement, it creates connection with each other. And this is, and I'm hoping actually, as you read this book, you you fold some of these techniques into the way that you consult and present as well as oh, another yeah. set of tools and techniques for you personally. Because now getting into what uh, Simon Sinek said, it, it's in the, in getting to yes and, I also, just by coincidence, say don't Bring your phones into collaborative meetings. Shut them off. Turn it. T- In fact, if it's at all possible, don't bring your computer. Don't even bring a pad, a paper, and a pen. Put a scribe in the corner. It's our job to connect with each other. It's our job to make eye contact with each other, to listen to each other, to encourage people to fail early and fail often, again, for a period of time. You know, Now, going into that larger strategy, we're not saying thoughtless failure or repeated failure. We're saying you just have to have an environment, an open forum in which people are not afraid. They don't fall into those, those biases, the fear of judgment, the fear yeah. of failure, the fear of ridicule, consequences from it. How do we remove those barriers to creativity and collaboration? The same, those barriers are the same as the barriers to change and barriers to improvisation. So how do you just get them out of the way? And in doing so, specifically now toward what Simon was saying, it's a connection that takes place. You are forcing people to listen to each other, build off of each other, talk to each other, relate to each other, connect to each other. And those relationships become stronger. And that overall sense of purpose becomes more powerful as well because most people want to be part of a strong team. Yeah, we don't no, just absolutely. go yeah. out on our own. Yeah. It, it's so interesting. You know, it, it, I was reading the book and I, I do, I've started to do more workshops, right? Um, so I, you know, I get invited to companies sometimes to, to teach them how to manage a cross-cultural team or to do that. And mm-hmm. one of the ways to make it interactive is through workshops. And I have a few coming up. I one talking to middle school students and one talking at at a big global corporation. And I'm always I was reading your book and thinking it, it's so interesting how all these things can tie together and we can be collaborative. I was like, I didn't even know Bob and I had this similarity. We could, we both <laughs> had this thing. But my, my, I guess the long-winded way of asking my question is, what are some different techniques that we can apply in our workplace um, right now or in our schools that can be instrumental guides for the readers? Oh, sure. Uh, let's, let's go back to the cornerstone of all improvisation around the world and certainly why the book is called this yes <laughs> and yeah, uh, yes and yes is unconditional acceptance 
acceptance and the way that in business improv we define yes and is yes is unconditional acceptance and is the bridge to your thoughts and is the bridge to your intelligence. The technique of using yes and on a regular basis slows the brain down so that you are focused and present in the moment at a very high level and you're able to listen to people and connect exactly to what they're saying. And this then is a direct roadmap to achieve mindfulness, that state of presence in which you have your finger on the pulse of emotional intelligence as well as the situation in the moment. And that is because yes is thoughtfulness and and is a bridge to how you're thoughtful, how you're in the moment, how you're being mindful. And it's a way to keep us out of basic communication pitfalls. So most people, when they're in a conversation, end up disconnecting from the conversation to start forming a question in their head of what they're going to say next to keep the conversation going. So in other words, they disconnect from the conversation they're in to find a way to keep the connection. Hmm. And so what yes and does then by forcing you to get out of your head and be in the moment, it's saying take this, the human brain can process between 350 and 550 words in the English language a minute. Most people speak around 120 words in a minute. And so we have this extra brain power that we misallocate. We start going internal inside our own head. And what this technique forces us to do is go external, push it out, push the energy on the other person. And some of the byproduct of doing that then are the ability to read nonverbal communication, the, the subtle facial expressions, the subtext inside messages. And it then also creates that strong relationship in that capacity. So you're beginning to hear that this two-word phrase, yes and, can be used in so many different ways to create strong relationships on a one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-fifteen basis. Wow, wow. No, no, no. Absolutely. And, and, it, and I'll get back to, to some techniques that people can take on from home. But I just want to echo what Jack Canfield said. You know, Canfield, you know, multiple best-selling author and especially mm-hmm. the success principles. But he described your book – it's prescriptive, educational, which is the point I want to get on, funny, and that uh, this book is filled with disarmingly easy improv techniques to up our game at work. Ganty yes, as, yes and as earned its place on the bookshelf's desk and nice stands of savvy business readers. So for those listening, this is actually it's, – it's much more than, um, uh, you know, than a you know, yes and technique type of book, but it's actually something that can actually help more businesses advance in the 21st century. It's, it's very much a business book as much as it is a, a, a fun book to read. And it's a key to collaboration and innovation um, in my mind. And like I said, I'm three quarters way through the book and I'm ready, you know, yes, nodding yes. And then hopefully <laughs> I'll, I'll start to bridge my way to the ends. <laughs> but well, uh, <laughs> you'll know from the book as well. I mean, part of this is just repetition, you know, yeah. uh, that old adage, what's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One so just taking it one bite at a time over and over again until you get comfortable with it. And then you can start pushing it out into so many different different ways, different mediums, practices, times, opportunities. Mm-hmm. The arc of the book is personal development. What can you do to your, for yourself mm-hmm. to interpersonal development? What can you – after you take care of yourself, what can you do for the one or two people around you to – Team development. All right, you've taken care of yourself, take care of the couple of people around you. Now, how do you push it out to that larger group to finally, how do you create a culture? A culture that embraces change, is adaptable, nimble, flexible, and 
can separate the difference between the divergent side where we all need to talk to each other and communicate with each other and the convergent side, which is the judgment of ideas and the execution of strategy. Yeah, no, it all starts with us. And, and you know, when you were describing that movement that you were just describing, it reminds me of a video I, I watched before. It was called The Lone Nut. I don't know if you've seen it, but hmm. um, it's, it's basically this 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 kid is standing on a, on a hill and he's dancing. Oh, the dancing. Yeah. Like a concert. Yeah, please. Yeah. T- I love this video. Go yeah, on, so please. like dancing in a crazy way and all of then Then another person, one person sees him and starts to join him and starts to dance in, in another way as well. And then all of a sudden, other people start to join. And the people that weren't dancing before are now the minority. And they're like, well, why am I not, why am I not part of that? And the whole idea was the first follower made that lone nut a leader. And then there's a there's a concept is is was the first follower the leader or was it the lone nut? Either way, it was the uh, the ability of one of them to convince the other person to to get other people on board. And that's that's sort of what I think about when I when I read your book. It's it's it starts with yourself, you having that courage, and then convincing one person, and then like one bite at a time, like the elephant, and then going on and on and on. But it has to start with you, um, in some way. Right. I mean, that that's how we are going to make a difference in this world by knowing what our metal is, our convictions are and knowing how to communicate it with other people as we do the best we can to have integrity in the way that we behave. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so then yeah, so let's do a technique. I don't know if we can do a technique on on, on, uh, <laughs> on a podcast again, but I feel like I like punishing myself with these things. Not knowing what I'm getting into. But is there, I don't know, a technique that one can do? I'm, I'm going to be punished with you. We're both the lone nuts, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you want to do an exercise? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, Did sir. we do uh, the one-word story last time as well, do you recall? I don't recall doing a one-word story, no. Okay, so how about we take this one on? Because... Uh, this is a classic short form game that you'd pretty much see anywhere on Whose Lines It Anyway or any of the short form houses in the entire world, really. Mm. Classic game improv. And in this uh, exercise, this game, you and I will tell a story one word at a time, meaning where each one of us can only speak one word at a time. So a hyphenated compound is a word too many. It's just one word at a time. And then we try to make sense of this and tell a coherent story as if we're really just one person telling this story. So it's going to take really a heightened state of focus and concentration, being in the moment, adaptability as mentioned over and over again, a strong sense of yes and that wherein if not the literal language yes and is used, it's at least the philosophy that whatever is given to either one of us, we're going to build on that and make it work collectively okay all right all right hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let's go. <laughs> all right. All right. So um, typically what we would do is like get a title of a story never told before and um, – then start off. So do you want to pre- present the title of a story never told or would you like to say the first word in the story? Uh, 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 first word first word <laughs> okay. is basketball. Why did I say that? Gosh, basketball. Basketball. Yeah. Okay. So you said basketball. I'm going to say basketball. Players. Enjoy. Playing. With. Other Players. Sometimes they jump over each other to. Yeah, that was two words actually, wasn't it? To <laughs> slam the basketball in the net. Fans uh, enjoy watching the athletic ability of. These elite players. All right, there you go. Oh, so, 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 okay, okay, okay. So, so that one word exercise allows people to to do what that that because that that caused me to really focus. I was just like, right. man, okay, huh? And and it's it's improv things like this that teaches you a lot about yourself and and the person that you're working with, right? Absolutely. So if both of us are are really trying, and this is what I I love that you did last time and this time, that you're just throwing yourself in the mix and just saying, we might fail a little bit, we might struggle a little bit, uh, we might have to work a little bit to find our flow, our rhythm together to tell the story as if it's a natural sentence, and at the same time, we're willing to try. Yeah. And that, that does speak a lot about who you are and hopefully who everyone is, that just the ability to try, try the techniques. And this one, as you said, it does. It forces you to be in the moment. You're really trying to make sense of what your partner, the gift, the offer, the unexpected opportunity that was presented to you as you overall try to create a better picture, a better image. So it takes collaboration and creativity and listening and focus and concentration, adaptability, just to tell this story one word at a time. No, I, I love it. And, and you know, Jordan Klepper, who is, a, is part of the show that I, I, I watch The Daily Show a lot because I'm a big fan. I was a big fan of Trevor Noah before he became, you know, came to uh, America. Mm-hmm. As, as I am a Nigerian, and I grew up in five countries, so he sort of had a similar background as a South African and sort of mm-hmm. being this nomad. But he, he says, Kulan's a tireless champion of the art form. It would stop me from singing his praises if that didn't directly contradict with improv's first rule, acceptance. Deal with it, Bob. So, ex- <laughs> so the whole idea of acceptance and what I enjoyed about that, that practice is, is, for those listening and wondering what we were doing with that improv, is we were both working together to achieve one goal. And that, that involved us, you know, like actively trying to engage to make sure that the ultimate goal was to tell a story that was coherent. And that, that, imagine that now in a business format where you're, you, you're actively working with a team and using their skill set in addition to your skill set and everybody else's skill set to automatically, automatically affect your bottom line of the company, which improves everything about uh about your workplace so i can imagine how that plays out in a long place and if you read the book there are other tips that he puts in a book but 
it's definitely something that you can apply for yourself. And, and it's not just in business, but you can do it in school if you want students to get to a more collaborative environment. So um, definitely want to commend you on that. But um, I wanted to point that out. Uh, well, thank you. Th- yeah, Jordan is actually an old student of mine and really great friend. I mean, we'll be friends for life. He's, he's such a nice guy and very generous. And really what you just mentioned to me as well reminded me of the difference between individual perspective and individual agenda. Yes. You know, we want each other to bring our perspective, our unique voice to the table. And also, frankly, most of us want to be able to bring our perspective and our unique voice to the table. At the same time, we have to hit the same target. We have to go in the same direction. And whether it's that story as an example of that or an overall mission inside of a company, we will thrive and get further working together than we will on our own. Absolutely. Well, then let me ask this. What do you think is happening with the world right now? I mean, to, 2016 was good and bad for many people. For many people, if you're looking, taking away your individual aspect, you can see a lot of problems, right? You start, you can see with Brexit, mm-hmm. you could see the populist movements that rise everywhere in the world. And regardless of where you fall in politics, whether you're Republican, Democrat, what happened with the elections in November was it showed that there was an increase in division, right? The team building aspect and the listening aspects of a lot of what you talk about were, were you know, eroded, you know, and, and, and this is not a, to say that you're, you're Republican or Democrat, but it was evident that people just didn't understand each other. As, you, mm-hmm. as an improv teacher and as an improv professional, you've, taught the likes of all these all these individuals who, who've gone to do great things what do you see as the problem what do you see is missing oh, i think uh you bring up a fantastic point and part of how i'm going to address this is to point out that according to some research 42 percent of the people who could vote chose not to vote mm. they abstain from voting which i find as equally frustrating and frankly heartbreaking as this division that you're talking about as well. So I see people who are getting married to one party or another party and just buying into the ideology of that party without actually putting thought behind the consequences of it. And once again, not speaking toward one or the other party, I Though that type of thoughtlessness ends up alienating people so much so that 42% give up. Mm-hmm. And it's a, that's a scary and sad thought to me that there are people who have just been, I guess, taught to be helpless in this situation and they don't want to participate. And what I think we need to do is create forums in which people can share ideas and we can push back the emotion and just put the thoughts front and center so that if nothing else, we can create a clear understanding of those unique perspectives, those differences. And in doing so, I think there'll be a, you know, quote unquote, third party, if you want to call it that, this place in the middle that. Well, I agree with some of what you're saying. Not all. I agree with some of what you're saying, and I agree with some of what you're saying. And in doing so, there's a lot of us who kind of agree with bits and pieces of what each other are saying. So why does it only have to be two camps? No, why does it have true. to be this one and that one? It's it's so true, and, and it it's all comes down to acceptance. It's, it, it's funny as listening to you as I'm talking to all this. I'm basically saying to myself, I'm not a citizen, right? But I've I've lived and worked here for a little bit, and every time the election comes around, I'm always saying I'm socially liberal and fiscally conservative but i don't know there's a mm-hmm. party for what i'm for what i'm actually doing so even if i was a citizen i don't even know how i would i would vote because there are aspects of interest in parties that you know you would take but 
like what you said, a lot of what's happened is if you have a thoughtlessness behind an ideology, it's dangerous because then you do create a forty-two percent of people who are like, "Why well, I just give up?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. It's fascinating. So we need to apply more improvisational type of skill sets uh, into our lives for sure. Um, I- In all honesty, I think the more people who study improvisation, the better the world is going to be. I agree. I agree. How has this played out in, in your in your school? Because uh, you're a professor, right? You're a professor at Duke, uh, which yeah, I love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an adjunct at Duke and often again, on again at Columbia Business School. And I have a great relationship with UCLA and uh, University of Florida, a lot of, a lot of great schools. I just actually got out of a, the five-day intensive at Duke. So in the in the book, Getting the Yes and, you'll read a couple of times that this whole thing started by creating a five-day improv intensive at one of the best business schools in America, the Duke Fuqua School of Business. That program concluded last night, and I got on a plane today, and now I'm, I'm back in the New York area. Yeah. Um, and it plays out wonderfully. You know, what? if there's anything I've seen over the 18 iterations of this program, so 18 years I've been going back and forth to Duke teaching this, is that there's a greater not only acceptance and understanding of the need for improvisation, there's actually a thirst, a desire to get good at it. So the the younger generations have continued to embrace this over and over again. And I think part of that, though, is because of the prevalency of, of improvisation. You go back 18 years, most people really didn't know exactly what improvisation was. And if they were defining it, it was only related to comedy over and over again. And as we start off this this conversation, there's now a need to be better improvising, regardless of if you are a business person, um, special forces, first responders, cooking shows, chefs, right? And, then, and all these cooking shows, there's a theme of improvisation over oh, and over yeah. again, if not even a title of a day called improv. Mm-hmm. So – it's much more accessible to people, and frankly, the the younger the millennials, you yeah. <laughs> have not only embraced it; it's it's become a desire to get good at it. No, I agree, and I think my favorite—I I came across this passage. My favorite quote so far in your book has been, "Grassroots efforts are real. Grass cannot grow if someone is standing on it. Where are you standing?" Um, I just thought that was so deep. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, it, it, it arrested well, I, me. I slip and I fall deep. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was like, wow, that that I mean, that's that's so important. Um, and I think a lot of what our generation was, and it, you know, with the Simon Sinek video, there was, you know, there there was several pushback because some people thought, you know, because he had said he blames it on parenting in, in some aspect and then some other things. Some people were against that and then some people there took offense to just wanting beanbags. And there's some people that agreed with the phone um, and uh, the addiction and all that kind of stuff. So it had a lot of interesting reactions, which is what you want with anything you say. You want all sorts of reactions. But the thing that I, I felt like uh, he said that, that, that probably resonated with me a lot was, you know, millennials want a purpose. And then he added whatever that means. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I think that's very true of our generation. But I don't know that that's just a millennial thing. I think that almost every generation probably wants to do something for a purpose, right? I mean, I, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I agree with you that I mean, I was the X generation. I mean, we were so bland that they didn't even know what to call us. They gave us an undefined variable and an equation. <laughs> like. 
Oh, we don't know. And we don't care. You're X. You're the X generation. Like, oh, okay. Uh, and I don't think that, you know, meant that we just were floating in space. That sort of like a, a similar um, a misnomer, I suppose, of millennials. That Everybody wants that. Yeah. There's a basic human desire to communicate, to be heard, to be understood. If we don't have that as a basic human desire, we would be living, you know, deep in an Appalachian cave somewhere hunting squirrels for dinner. Yeah. We don't do that. We, yeah. we, we hang in tribes. We hang in, in groups. We talk to people on a regular basis, one or the other. And whether or not you agree with everything he's saying or anything, everything or anything I'm saying, I agree with what you said. If it's causing people to think and talk, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and I'm a huge Cynic fan. And I, I think it's, it's interesting. There are things that I agree with in what you said and things I didn't agree. But I love the fact that it, that for some reason – that interview was done months ago, and someone decided to take a snippet of it, and it became viral. And it wasn't only one person that did that. I saw, I've seen two or three versions of it, and they've each had over a million views. That, mm-hmm. that brings interest in copyright and digital things to place. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, like, wait, the guy that did is he going to be mad that they didn't give him credit? But but I'm also <laughs> I'm also wondering, like, why did this go viral at this moment, and why is it that many people are doing the same thing and they are each getting millions of views. I'm just it's a fascinating psychological thing and I'm always wondering like why now and why can it be replicated to almost similar results? And oh, those are great questions. And I don't I can respond to that just again through business improv how companies have come to me to actually create programs because the older generations don't know how to communicate with millennials, the younger generations. Mm. And I've literally created this program several times over. And you know what the program is called? It's not called How Do Old People Talk to Young People. It's called Communication. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Interesting, huh? It's a communication program. So I I think for this individual to frame it uh, helps people think about it and helps them frame their thoughts. Because for me, it's, this is just all basic connection with people, understanding that need to connect and then actually putting steps in place to do it and not assume that because there's a a 15, 20 year age difference, we not all, you know, consuming food, breathing air, bleeding blood and needing to communicate the same no i i completely agree and and uh, and, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that you, people like you're out there continue to champion this and uh this is good this is good i mean i, I think so far in the interview we're getting ready to wrap up but you've done a great job of talking about how these these concepts speak to anything in life but more importantly really businesses especially as we find ourselves spending most of our lives in our workplaces. It, 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 how fun would it be if we could actually go to a place where we feel comfortable enough to be ourselves and at the same time help the bottom line of the company? I mean, that seems to to be the ideal sort of situation to me, if you ask me. And uh, it seems like you, your book is doing a great job in trying to encourage leaders to be more inclusive in that way. I hope so, because I think that's, that is what most people would just want, the invitation to bring more of themselves to work. So it doesn't feel like you are two separate people or wearing two separate masks. You are just one person and you're able to flow from one to the other. And also these techniques are that great work-life bridge that you can use at home with your husband, your wife, your significant other, your children. And you can continue to strengthen it so that you're bringing more of yourself to both situations. All right, all right. Wait, tu libros, donde esta? 
Uh, where can people find your books? <laughs> where can they find uh, the book? I, I wish I could respond in a, a language other than gibberish, so I'll have to stick to the English language. You can find Getting to Yes and, of course, I, I'm on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, on Books A Million, on Indie, the Indie Reads, on uh, 800 CEO. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Go to go to Getting to Yes and website. Come find me. I'll sign it for you. Stop me on the street. <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely put all this in the show notes. But yes, you can find the book anywhere books bookshelves or any any bookshelf or Amazon. Yeah. yeah, Amazon is the place, and he's got a website as well. I'll put that in the show notes. But um, yeah, man, you're you're amazing, and uh, I thank you for reaching out again. I was I was very honored. I was telling you like that you reached out to me again because I'm like wow. Um, and, the honor and, and privilege is mine. So thank you very much again for having me. No, the pleasure is mine. The last question, which is before I let you go, is the mission statement of this podcast is use your difference to make a difference. That's that's all I'm, um, I do this for. How do you use your difference to make a difference, Bob? I try and I care. I make an effort to actually make a difference and I endeavor to do it at the top of my intelligence, to the best of my ability, at a high level of passion, and help people help themselves for the better. Oh, I love it. I love it. Love it. Trying and caring, people, it's just really, it sounds simple, but it's really something that a lot of people don't do. Like, just look to the 42% that they didn't vote of eligible mm. voters, trying and caring. So um, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate that. Can't wait to get this out. This this will come out either the week before the book releases or the week of, and we'll, we'll continue and contribute our best to make this a successful first book for you. Well, I, I appreciate it so much, and thanks again for having me. Hey, pleasure is mine. Till next week, ladies and gentlemen, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.